There's got to be a point in all of our lives when something happens and we become a seeker. Back with another one with Chris Parks and Jason DeRocha for Seekers of the Eternal podcast. Chris, how are you this beautiful morning? Hey, friends. I'm doing great. Good to see you, brother. Yeah, good to see you. and Good to have everybody joining us. It's uh, been cool hearing friends telling me that they're listening to the podcast. So welcome everybody who's listening and uh, going on this journey with us. Yes, I'm excited about today's podcast because I had a chance to go through the meditation that you had provided, which it was such a blessing. Um, you know, I always, when I, th- when I think about those kinds of things, just even taking the time to sit down and gift yourself the opportunity to take a break from it all can sometimes feel stressful, which is weird even saying, mm-hmm. um, just to, to carve that out in your schedule. And then once you're in it, you say to yourself, why don't I do this more often? It's, it's really strange, but maybe that's the way that we feel about everything that we, when we do something, um, like leading up to something that we know we need to do when we're in the moment, it's like, what, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, but I think we get so caught up in the everyday that we convince ourselves that giving that time for ourselves of enjoyment or peace or self-love is somehow undeserving. And uh, I'm just really glad that, you know, I got a chance to do that. So I got lots to share with you in that. Cool. Yeah, that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, it's just like whenever I go to the beach or I go on like a nature walk or I go to the gym or do something good for myself, I'm like, why don't I always do this? You know, but <laughs> that that first resistance is always so strong. So it's yeah, just I, moving I past that. Comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. We can talk about that a little more when too, you, we yeah. get into that. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then obviously, you know, the team went down to the Futurist Conference in, uh, in Toronto, ETH Toronto's Futurist Conference, and it was absolutely epic. Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, he spoke. Um, Anthony uh, Delorio, who was another founder of Ethereum way back when, he came out and he spoke. Um, and there was just speakers in the crypto and Web3 space that you know, really were, were phenomenal speakers. They were passionate about what they do. They really are trying to make this technology something that can change people's lives for the better. And, uh, and trying to give power back to the people. So it was really cool uh, to learn and to listen. The other thing that was pretty epic was connecting with each other as a founding team, like coming together and not doing Zoom calls and phone calls all the time, but actually in person. Um, and then getting a chance to meet up with some of the members from Seekers of the Eternal who also attended ETH Toronto. Some came in from Turkey, some from Winnipeg, uh, some you know, all over the world. But you know, when you meet each other in person, there's this really incredible like feeling of seeing a, a family member um you know i was saying yeah on the ama last night when chris saw sir goat from our discord he he embraced um he sort of paul right paul. Yeah. yeah when mm-hmm. paul saw sir goat um sir goat embraced him like a brother and like held him like oh i owe you a really big hug and you know it's because of the exchange that they've been having on discord every day and uh it was just really beautiful to watch so yeah i wanted to share some stuff about uh ETH toronto as well and then chris uh, i know that you have um, some really awesome information and, and thoughts to share with us as well yeah right yeah that'll be fun yeah so it's really cool to to hear that the, the these connections that get made it, it reminds me of like back in the day when i used to i was you know i was getting into um you know, like this, the music scene that I was into, it was, it was like straight edge, hardcore punk rock, but 
back then, you know, if you saw a person wearing a certain shirt or a certain, you know, like a lot of people used to wear these like Hare Krishna choker beads and you have certain things that you're wearing, you know that that person is, uh, he knows uh, or he or she is, is down with some of the things that you're down with and has like yeah. similar uh, mindset around things or, you know, is raised straight, at, you know, has like a, you know, sort of a straight edge hardcore sort of uh, ethos so you immediately have this connection and then you know later in my life now um, meeting people that I know are meditating or you know are wearing a shirt with Ganesha on it or with one of the deities it's like we immediately uh, can start having these conversations like we've been old friends so yeah. I always love stuff like that and yeah this now gives us all the chance to do that with our own totally. communities that we're building. Yeah. Those connection points, man, they're, they're incredible. Sometimes it's, and it's, it's really interesting to see what people appreciate. Right. Um, but, uh, sometimes it's the art. Sometimes it's the meaning behind the art, the stories, the epics, the cultures, the traditions. Um, but you know, this project gives us a chance to touch on anything and everything. So, uh, yeah, let's start there, you know, with the Toronto, when we, we decided, um, after VCon that coming to these conferences is, um, it's, it's, it's not just a desire. It's, it's a necessity. I think, you know, you have to, if you're going to be in the space of web three, when you're in, when you're around something that's budding and growing for the very first time, I think you have to immerse yourself in it. Um, because there's so much noise and, um, which could be off-putting, um, to some folks, right. When, when, you know, you think things are the way that they are and all of a sudden things change, it's, you know, you can second guess, you know, that technology or, or whatever that, 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 um, that thing is, if you see it going through some states of evolution, you know, it's the, it's growing pains. And sometimes it could be off-putting because you think to yourself, oh, maybe this is never going to happen. Um, but every single conference we go to, we are reassured that everybody that is there um, is just genuinely trying to learn. Nobody has the answer, the answer. Everyone has, you know, their answer, but nobody has the answer. And, you know, it's this coming together of minds who are just, just trying and so, um, you know, starting off, you know, when we got to VCon, of course, we were just completely in awe. That was the first time we got together uh, at a conference. But this one, we actually put some thought into it. So we looked at what the lectures were going to be, who was going to be speaking, what they're going to be speaking about, you know, what really spoke to us as a team. And then for our NFT project, you know, we want to understand, you know, what some of the best practices have been in some of these communities that we're able to build great followings with a true appreciation for the art, for the artist, for the team, um, for the principles associated with. So, you know, we had a chance to listen on in on some of these really great uh, creators. Um, a lot of them just, you know, they, they said, you, 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 what you have to do is don't think about the end goal. Like, don't think about the prize at the end. Are you going to be minting out? Or is your community going to be 20,000? Um, you know, what's the next fifth, sixth, seventh NFT project, just focus on the task at hand, the next step. And it's, it's kind of what you were talking about. It's not important to see the whole staircase, just the first step and to take the first step. So that was just a great reminder in our case. And so, mm. um, you know, that was, that was, uh, first and for foremost, the lesson, the second one that we really took away was, um, you know, spreading the word like organic versus this marketing and promoting, uh, you know, it's always a struggle because, you want people to know about it. You want everyone to join, especially when you believe in something, but you don't want to force it down anyone's throat. And, um, you know, especially something like what we're trying to do with our project, it's not something you want to, 
force people into like you almost kind of want them to organically uh, to, to organically appeal to their senses and then hopefully you know bring them in what are your thoughts on that like as we start to grow this community uh, and we're now just under 2,000 people you know how do you feel right now Chris and seeing everyone kind of come through and do you ever feel like an urgency to panic and move away from organic growth I like organic growth you know I like because you're you're bringing in people that are actually interested in what you're doing and then you don't have all of those naysayers and haters that show up it's it's been interesting for me and kind of like as as an artist just sort of building my you know say my instagram profile and the following of people who are interested in what i'm doing i i i don't want to bring in a you know thousands and thousands and thousands of people from some big marketing campaign that I did that wasn't um, bringing in the right people because then my feed is just going to be full of you know you know annoying comments of people that don't get it um, and just just people who aren't supposed to be there right and not that not that it's like exclusive or that I don't welcome anybody who's interested but if you're not supposed to be there and you're not interested and you don't get it and you're just going to be giving me a hard time about the things that I'm saying or the artwork that I'm making then I'd rather you not be there so (laughs) um it's like I'll I'll have friends of mine that have really you know they've they've really blown up with their artwork and and I look at their comments. I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that, you know, because <laughs> they got too big. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and not to say that we don't want to get big. Like, I think we can get big. And that's what's really cool about uh, the current state of the world that you can. And what's really um, the thing that's drawing me to and all of us to Web3 mm. is that there is huge audiences for the thing that you want to do, the thing that you care about. And you can bring those organic, uh, you know, members in that yeah. are going to care about it and are going to be a good part of your community that, and then the ones who, and that's, what's so cool about discord is like, if you're not looking for it, you can't find it really. It's that's not like, true. That's so <laughs> you don't true. hardly stumble upon what we're doing and show up and start, you know, uh, talking trash or something like that. So, well, I feel like you're right. I think like, you know, I've been in those kinds of groups where people would write these, these, you know, there's like this jargon in the web three space. They'll say things like, you know, when Lambo or, you know, LFG and, and, and there's not, again, nothing against it, especially when people are excited to, you know, you can throw that comment in and maybe it sometimes doesn't even mean, you know, when am I going to be able to sell this for a Lamborghini? And it's more like, you know, when is this going to take it to that? When are we taking things to the next level? And I, and I love that kind of energy and excitement yeah. around anything by a project, but I do think that there's always the risk of setting, you know, um, false expectations or superficial expectations, um, when you don't have a true appreciation for, for the, for the, for the art and the community. And it, you can hurt a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things I found about our community, you know, we do these reflection questions of the day and Paul Lee has been posting those, um, regularly and the conversations that come about it's 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 humbling like people that are here are genuinely looking not just for artwork and not just for um um you know just like the beauty of of that of holding that or whatever the value is that comes to them but it's like they're they're longing for a sense of community and belonging and to the point where they're willing to share with you some of the most personal 
uh, challenging, difficult stories in the Discord, in a general chat and opening it up to feedback. And if you have people that are genuinely there to do good and to be a part of this community, man, the love and the wisdom and the experience shared Mm -hmm. is very humbling. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really, really admirable. And I mean, sometimes I read it and I just sit back and I'm thinking to myself, wow, what, what are we creating? You know, Mm -hmm. what this incredible forum for people to find maybe, maybe some peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, that's a really beautiful sign that we're headed in the right direction. We're allowing something good to come through, you know, our energy, the the things that we're making, something good is coming through. It's like, what a, what a wonderful thing just to have a, to know in your mind that you could go onto this community if you're having a bad day or you you have some questions, you want to just like talk to some people who are um, just genuinely interested in helping you out. If you have a question or something and nobody's like we don't have any egos about it. We're not trying to like big dog anybody with anything. And yeah. yeah, so I think what a wonderful thing to have. Like growing up for me, I I used to have this um this park near where I lived called Fountain Park. Mm. And if you just showed up there and you sat on the bench, somebody else would see you and somebody else would come sit on the bench with you. It would be this thing where just uh, there was a group of us who always hung out at this park. So any, any night that you're bored, you just go out there and, and you, if you sit there for a little bit, somebody else will see you and then and it'll just grow and grow and you'll have That's like cool. a community. So I, I never really was cool. bored. We always just would go to fountain park. What do you want to do? Let's go to fountain park. So we can kind of have this virtual fountain park yeah. where it's just, you show up and there'll be some friends there and we can just you know it's everybody's your friend like nobody's trying and I think we're creating you know like Ram Das or some of my um, spiritual teachers they talk about you know say say when you're you know when a spiritual teacher is giving a a talk um, a lot of times in anybody anybody that you're listening to talk a lot, oftentimes you don't really remember exactly what they said. Mm. It was really like you remember, and I think you you had a quote about Maya Angelou. It's like you remember the feeling that you got. You remember, yeah. and it's almost like the the speaker himself um, gets out of the way, and and then you just create like an environment for right. people to open up to and to feel something. Yeah. And so I like to think of what we're creating as an environment. So where even if people did come in and they were being harsh or negative, that just immediately wouldn't vibrate there. True. It would just, it wouldn't work, you know? So true. <laughs> yeah. You can get the sense that, you know, what you almost get the sense of someone's intentions right away when you've created mm-hmm. an environment. Um, where people feel safe and comfortable and, and, and have a sense of belonging, you know, and not that we want anyone to ever feel like a foreigner, but, you know, like you said, like you don't need those kinds of comments to come in here and kind of ru- ruin the vibration uh, that yeah. exists. The, better, yeah. the, the, the good part about it though, is when you develop a community like that, they all become like Hanuman warriors to a degree, right? Like they're all mm-hmm. protecting the sanctity of the community. And mm-hmm. so you know, and I think, uh, they can, you can weed that out and, and maybe not necessarily, you wouldn't even need to boot them out. I think sometimes they can find their, their they'll find their way out. If this isn't something that speaks to them, it, they'll very quickly find their way uh, mm-hmm. uh, out of the community. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's a, like with my Instagram page, it's so funny. Like, uh, I, I mean, it's like, I don't have like a huge following. It's like 32,000, something like that, but my, my in and out, is like it's it's almost equal with like about 20 more followers than unfollowers every week wow so it's like un- it's a lot of unfollows a lot of new follows so it's just a lot oh, of that so it's just always sorting itself and always uh, always yeah. uh, shifting and changing and yeah i love yeah. that 
I think that's, that's <laughs> really cool. The one thing um, also that I wanted to talk about was the sustainability of Web three, uh, which is the last point that you know, um, you know I want to touch on for for uh, ETH Toronto. Um, you know, it wasn't just like a bunch of young kids coming together and saying, "Hey, let's let's really give this crypto thing a push and you know make make millions of dollars." You know, you got people there from the highest levels of investments and politics and technology, and they're all working together. It's not everybody from those fields, and it's some. It's going to take some convincing for other people who have been doing different things for so long, like breaking the those traditions, uh, breaking away from the traditions to adopt new ones. But there are very sophisticated, intelligent, experienced individuals at all levels from all areas of life. Uh, coming together to try to make their, make a good go at this. And, um, you know, we're starting to see that evolution take place in finance and art and investments and technology. And um, it was just really reassuring. Like, we're not just spinning our wheels here. This is going to be. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that um, hit me personally was when we create this incredible uh, community and these beautiful NFTs with these epic stories, um, with you, uh, who is the, one of the most prolific artists I've ever met, um, you, in the future, like these aren't going anywhere. These are on the blockchain. Um, they are going to be in people's wallets, and they can hold on to them, and they can they can bring value to themselves in, the, in their own personal way. But the other part is, is once we build this community, we can partner with other incredible communities that already exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, if there's a if there's a yoga studio or um, a company, a yoga company that really likes our ethos and, and the community and our art and wants to partner with us, you know, we could create a partnership opportunity where people within our community that visit that yoga studio anywhere that, you know, if it's in their neighborhood, they would potentially get a membership perk or a discount or, or um, you know, get access to, to that studio that they wouldn't have otherwise. So we actually have this really cool um, opportunity now to take what we have and connect with other entities around the world so that we can have our community members continuously gain benefit and utility in the real life with people maybe who don't necessarily even hold maybe one of our Hanuman or Genesis Pass uh, NFTs, but they're still a part of our community. So we can find a way to even help help them as well. Like this is just really cool utility. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I love that. And yeah. that's just an example of the the ideas that will come, you know, so many, it's just like, as we, we just start to, you know, see the tip of the iceberg with this. And then we uh, just keep our minds like completely open, like, all right, what wants to happen here? Yeah. What are the opportunities and what, what is this allowing this inspiration to come through? And th- the possibilities are endless. And it's, it, it brings a lot of um, enthusiasm and joy to like a time that otherwise seems a little daunting and scary, but it's yeah. like at the same time, it's always like that, right? It's always yeah. at the same time when it, it seems so treacherous that it also seems so vibrant with new possibilities. And that's just when the old things are dying and the new things are coming. Yeah. And it makes it exciting. I think if everything was for certain, I think it takes away from the excitement. I think, you know, like you said, like the obstacle becomes the, it's it's, it's not, the path isn't around the obstacle. It is actually, the path is the obstacle. And um, I agree. I think the excitement comes with that knowing that you can see that mountain and you can climb it or you can go right through it. Like that to me is, is really inspiring. Um, You know, 
that we're, I know we're moving into the meditation piece, which I want to share with you, my personal experience and get some, you know, I want you to ask me some questions, but I have some questions for you as well. Um, we talked to, uh, Sir Goat in our community a little bit about this, where we, you know, we said like one of the, one of the benefits or perks that we want to create for this community is, you know, obviously, you know, Chris hosts, uh, weekly meditations, um, that we can all access. Uh, he posts that we can, we post obviously the links to these meditations, but they can also access, access your meditations virtually, but we're moving towards a time where we can actually have an in real life, where we bring our community members together or a certain percentage of our community members together and actually have a real in life, um, uh, in real life meditation together somewhere, maybe it's St. Petersburg, maybe it's in Scottsdale, maybe it's in Toronto here, but how great it would be to get everyone to kind of come together. And I had this vision as the sun is shining outside my, my, my window right now of seeing our community members together outside in the sun, having a meditation session together and hearing the, you know, the calm tones of your voice and the wisdom that comes through and that guided uh, journey uh, together with you. Like that to me would be, you know, part of the pinnacle, like that mm-hmm. experience would be a pinnacle. Of oh yeah. That's definitely that. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, even getting combined with like um, music festival events, you know, oh, yeah. I've been brought out to do guided meditations at music festival events. So we can combine with other big things where oh, it's like, yeah, fly in, yeah. do this. We have other, you know, like other really cool classes that you can join as well. And then, yeah. Join together with like really good music. So yeah, I know I'm that's signing up for that. For sure. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so let's talk about the meditation, Chris. Um, tell, I guess maybe if you don't mind, maybe just start by sharing a little bit about, you know, um, the clip that we already have. Everyone can access it in our Discord. Um, if they go into our Discord, you did an A and a B meditation. Um, so you can, if they go to this Discord uh, soap podcast channel, you will see all of our podcasts in there with both of the meditations. And, um, so maybe just talk a little bit about the meditations, the differences between both and, um, and what the objective was, uh, in, in creating these opportunities for the members of our community. Mm-hmm. So the, the two episodes, it's episode five, a and five B and then five a is a 30 minute practice. And this is, this is what's known as Ananda meditation. It's kind of my, my spin on what I've been taught from my teachers and the, and what Yogananda has really is like brought these like core meditation techniques, you know, this hung, this technique of Hong Sa, he says is a very powerful technique from India for developing concentration. And with concentration, you may heal your minds. And this is something when, that when I started practicing with it, I had been working and um, practicing with different techniques for almost a decade, trying different things, seeing which ones stuck. And when I practiced that Hong Sa, I don't know if it was just I was ready for that one specifically, but also when I teach it to other people, they say the same thing. I've been working on meditation for a long time and I did this one with you and it's like I've never been able to concentrate like that before. Yeah. And being able to learn that's it's it's so fascinating to me i think maybe for me too as an artist uh, or someone who likes to practice and get good at things uh, if we learn how to concentrate in the peaceful meditation 
in a peaceful space. We learn how to concentrate there. And that's what we're doing. We're just practicing like we practice anything. So let's yeah. practice concentrating because if you practice learning how to concentrate, you can apply that to anything else that you're doing in your life. If you want to learn how to paint, you want to learn how to, um, you know, do jujitsu or skateboard or surf or anything. If you're concentrating, if you're putting your full mind on something and not becoming distracted with other thoughts, that's mm. where the flow is. That's where flow states exist. Yeah. And I think with uh, social media now where you can jump on TikTok, for example, and you get that instant dopamine hit because the video is like starts as soon as you hit that app it's like boom and it's like a 30 second video and you swipe and the next one begins right away and it's like this constant dopamine hit that you keep getting in the moment it feel it may even feel good especially if your feed is feeding you all the information that you enjoy that makes you tick that actually stimulates the mind so much that Maybe, and I, for me personally, I'm going to speak now, when it comes to the meditation, it makes it 10 times harder for me to quiet my mind because my mind is so used to getting fed at that level that it almost becomes anxiety producing now switching gears and saying, now I'm actually going to try and shut all of that off and try to quiet the mind so that I can focus and concentrate. So I think mm -hmm. in this space right now, we need it more than ever because I think these, these like dopamine hits that everyone's becoming addicted to um, is, is starting to become prevalent in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, Yogananda had some, uh, insights about that when you, when you sit down to meditate and when you start to quiet your mind and then you realize the agitation that's there, it's not that the meditation, he says, it's not that the meditation is causing the agitation. He says that you're just now recognizing the agitation that was already there that yeah. you just weren't aware of. And so now when you sit down and, and you quiet your mind and you realize like, wow, <laughs> that's what's going on in there, you know? <laughs> oh man, like how am I even right. functioning like this? And something that another teacher of mine that I, I love, and he, he really helped me to learn to meditate every day. His name is Eknath Iswaran. And he, he had a, he had a metaphor that I, that I really love about a, a movie, like a movie projector going to the movies, a big roll of film mm. that is um, on the wheel. And if you look at a, a film for a movie theater, you'll see an, an image, an animation image, you know, still image, and you'll see a black, a black box, and then you'll see the next still image. So in order to create an animation, you need to have like image, black, image, black, yeah. image, black. And then when you roll it, it creates the illusion of, of movement. Um, movement and mm -hmm. reality that way. So he says, you can think about your thoughts as that movie reel. Each one of your thoughts is it's going like a, when you first start meditating, you realize your mind is going really fast. That wheel is just turning and it's animating. And it seems like your mind is just going, 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 and there's no way to slow it down or stop mm -hmm. it. And you just get caught up in your thoughts and you get carried away with your thoughts. And that's when you lose your center, you lose your present, your state of um, um, in the moment present, um, you know, and the, you know, you lose the present moment, you lose your center. But in meditation, we learn how to slow down those thoughts. So imagine in meditation, you, you notice a thought 
And just you noticing it kind of slows it down. And then as you slow it down, you notice that thought, you notice that there's actually a black gap, a space in between one thought and the next thought. And there's a space there. Mm. And you get to like, you get to sit in that space for a moment and then the next thought will come again. Right. And then you just, you learn, you know, you learn to see those, but the idea is like, wow, there is a, there is a void, a space in between my thoughts. And with this meditation practice that we do, we, we practice, I, you know, I like to, I sort of like think about it as we're sort of like, say walking out on a sandbar of a, of a beach, you know, you're walking, you're going, you know, and I'm just taking you into like a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper. Um, so I like to wade us into this, this depth that's yeah. available and slowly take us there with them. There's a guided visualization. You know, we start with um, relaxing and releasing the tension in the body. We do measured breathing, which helps you focus on the breath. And then we do a little guided visualization. And then yeah. I take you into the Hong Sa um, concentration. And I, we don't leave it there at concentration either. So with the concentration, we're, we're practicing, we're learning how to concentrate. And then when we get to that, this concentration create, creates a, a feeling of calmness, mm -hmm. a connection to calmness. That's right. And so when we get into that calm space, and you can do Kong Sa for a long time, but in this, I, I, I you know, we, we do it for a short period, and then we drop it. And then we make sure we're keeping our gaze uplifted at the spiritual eye. We're feeling in the heart and we're listening to all sounds as, you know, you just allow all sound, anything to come. And that puts you in a state of being wide open to receiving the divine qualities. And mm. says there, uh, I believe he said eight, eight divine qualities. Qualities are peace, calmness. Calmness is different from peace because you can be calm in an unpeaceful world. Yeah, love that. Actually, I took notes and I was going to talk to you about that, actually. But mm -hmm. Continue. Yeah. Um, so calmness. And then there, there's, there's joy, bliss, and love, which is bliss in motion. Mm. It's like feeling bliss and then sharing that bliss. That's love. And there's wisdom when you're just, you're, calm intuition you know that that wisdom that just starts coming in your inner teacher just goes oh you're listening and starts yeah. teaching you <laughs> That's right. and you're just listening as soon as you start thinking you know it's not wisdom anymore you're right. it's you thinking about it and you you know rehashing it and you're trying to not forget it or whatever you're doing That's right. but you're just listening and you're feeling so whenever you catch yourself thinking again it's like oh okay this return to feeling in the heart gaze uplifted at the spiritual eye, allow all sounds. And then you, then, then that radio receiver, it goes from static back to like clear channel. Right. And yeah. Yeah. You, when, you know, you've kind of just laid out that 30 minute uh, piece. Like I, I, I took notes cause I, I did it a couple of days ago, but I, I didn't want to forget, you know, kind of how I felt from it. The analogy that you just used, like being in a, like at a sandbar in water, it, it feels like a state of emergence, like, you know, like emerge, like, um, submergence, actually, like, you know, you submerge into this, this, this deep meditative state. And then when you finally hit it and it sometimes takes a while to get down there, because like you said, you kind of become really conscious of the, whatever that frantic energy is that, you know, you, you get from being so 
go, 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 dopamine, dopamine, dopamine all day. Um, you're finally in that state of, of bliss or peace when you, when you let yourself get there and then to come out of it, there's a bit of you, there's a part of me that's like, not yet. I want to stay here a little bit longer. Um, but then as you do come out, like you said, like you, it's almost, um, it's like your pores are open, like your pores open up and you become, you're able to absorb the, Like, as you say, the, like the light, you, you approach it like a child where it's like, you know, children are sponges and you can retain a lot more, especially as a child, because you're not, your head's not full of all these other things. Um, and then you, you look for this light, you absorb it and you come out, but you come out with all the things that you're supposed to kind of come out with. So you, you know, you, you submerge yourself and then you emerge from the depths and, and then hopefully that can kind of continue uh, onto your day and your conversations and your interactions with other people. So I, I took a lot from it. I would love to take you through some of those notes if I, if, if, if you don't mind, Chris. Yeah, no, that would be great. And the, the last three um, qualities, I, I named five of them. The, 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 you named one of them there was, was uh, light, where you actually can experience light because <laughs> everything is light. Yeah. The, the entire universe, Yogananda and the great sages say that all there is is light. You are light. And you can experience that light with your gaze uplifted at the spiritual eye. They say that this, when you're looking here, you're actually, it's like a mirror. Um, the, the chakra that you're, that you're um, starting from is, is actually at the base of the brain, the medulla oblongata. Mm -hmm. and you're, you're looking from there. And then and this point is the opposite pole of that chakra. They say that this is a, is a mirror. So it's actually like your ego is looking into a mirror and then you're looking at your infinite self mm -hmm. and from from that space it's like this whole thing is a movie it's like we're we're walking around as as like a movie projector projecting right. that we see in front of us so when you're quiet in meditation and you're keeping your gaze uplifted there you're actually yogananda says you're looking into the beam of the of the movie projector that's projecting all of this out and that's that's infinity wow and you get to conscious you become conscious of infinity by doing that and then you can also as you're doing that the the last well second to last quality is the sound of ohm mm -hmm. so as you're looking into that beam that beam of infinity you're now hearing the you're hearing the vibrational uh source uh, so it's uh, matter and energy you know matter and en energy are the same thing and they're all yeah. vibrating like if you play a speaker you know, you've probably seen those videos you put it on sand on under a speaker on top of a speaker and yeah. it's creating these beautiful mandala patterns and everything yes. like that this that sound of ohm is around us it is everything and every sound that you hear is ohm so you begin to hear everything as one sound mm -hmm. so you can see light and hear ohm um, these things come in time. So don't worry if you're not doing that right away. It's like, but these are, this is why you practice because yes. really great things can happen. And then the last one is energy. The more that you practice with this, you begin to like, you hear about the chakras. Oh, great. This is some hippie, whatever. No, <laughs> I can tell you that is very, very real. And you can very much feel the energy in the chakras and you can loosen that energy and you can definitely feel it moving up through the astral spine. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was just, I just want to name the last qualities. Yeah, thank there. you. Thank I'll you for that. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I, I'll, I'll start. So I, the reason I want to share my meditation experience is because I feel like there's probably more people, um, and this is a huge assumption on my part, but I would figure there's more people in my space 
who, who don't necessarily practice it on a regular basis because people in general, I find are so caught up with, you know, the, the everyday of life. And, you know, I know now there's more and more folks who are moving towards uh, gifting themselves the opportunity for, for uh, meditation and a meditative practice through maybe yoga or, or just meditation itself. Um, but I think there's a lot of people, the people that I know, the people that I speak with, they find it very hard, difficult to give themselves a chance to meditate. And they all come to the same struggles, which is I try, but then, you know, my mind starts racing or I can't get quite calm enough. And then they give up on it. So, you know, I called you, Chris, or we had a quick conversation at the beginning of the week and I knew I was going into East Toronto, but I said, you know, when I do this, how should I approach this? Like, how do I make sure that I don't sabotage myself? But, you know, the moment I sit down, I figure I got to get up and move. And you said, you know, you go find a quiet room, even if it's a, like a walk-in closet somewhere where you can close the door and be on your own. And you said, you know, talk to your wife and just let her know you're going away to meditate for 30 minutes and you just need someone else to answer the door. You're going to be turning your phone off and you didn't, and it was, it was really important to set some parameters around me that I knew I would not be disturbed. And what, what I also realized was the setting really, it, it doesn't matter. And it matters. It doesn't matter. Meaning like it could be a walk-in closet and it can be a very serene and peaceful place. So in that sense, it doesn't matter, but it, what matters the most is like, do you, can you find a space where you can almost shut yourself off a little bit from the world and, um, and, and where it's okay, where you're not evading your responsibilities to other people. And, um, and so that was really, really important for me, Chris, because I don't think I ever really put that kind of plan in place. So thank you for encouraging me mm -hmm. to, to, to put myself in a space where I have it as you know, the path of least resistance. Um, so to start, so I, I, you know, I click on the meditation, uh, the 30 minute meditation. So it's 5A, um, through our discord. And the first thing that I noticed was how soothing your voice is. So oh, gu guiding gu a guided meditation is to me, absolutely critical for someone who is starting this for the very first time. Cause if you can't be in the room with somebody that has done this before, and you're going to rely on yourself, you're, it, it's almost like, um, you know, you're, you're doing all things. You're, if, if, if I compared it to, re re to my everyday life, it feels like in one instance, grocery shopping, driving my kids to school, dropping them off, getting dressed, shaving, doing some work, but it's like doing it all at once. That's the way it would have felt without having your voice there. Um, but knowing as soon as I can hear you and, and you settled in and getting to a quiet space and the chair that you're sitting on and how you position yourself, all of that really allowed for me to access this with as with with um as least uh, uh there was no i didn't feel any gravity pushing against me um i hope that that's a decent analogy good yeah yeah mm -hmm. um so that was incredible um the 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 one the other thing that i think that caught me off guard was something that i became as you get as you start to submerge into this space you do become very conscious of the things that still exist, like the, the, the influences and the variables that are around you. So initially when I'm getting, so I ended up going to my basement because it's, it's dark and it's very quiet. And, um, uh, I, I, I hear it like the least from the outside and nobody, nobody can get to me there, but it's like a cave down there. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but what I became really conscious of was the temperature. So it was very cold downstairs. I guess the air conditioning was really high. So that, so just, you know, be, be really mindful. Like sometimes you do have to kind of be surgical with these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it was a little bit too cold for me and I became really conscious of it. So, you know, rather than sitting in shorts and sleeves in my basement, I wanted to just make sure that I was comfortable. So I wasn't taken away by the fact that my, my legs were getting colder. I started to get losing the sensation in my finger, in my, in my yeah, you can bring like a blanket, you know, it's a lot of, um, a lot of meditators will have, a, you know, bring a blanket with them, put it over them. So you're in this That's you a know, good idea. space. Mm -hmm. So that, that was definitely something. And I had a cushion to sit on. Uh, so it was, I was very comfortable. So I, I was really conscious about keeping upright. Um, so right away, this was kind of interesting, Chris. I don't know if you had this experience. So as I was listening and, and going into the meditate, meditative state, it felt like I'm, I, I wrote it down. I was dialing into an ancient practice that is ever present. Meaning like it felt like I picked up the phone and called a place that always exists that I can call any time, and then I'm there. Mm. And at the end of it, I could hang up and I walk away. But it's like I can't believe I don't call that place mm. more often. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that took me. That, that took yeah. like, took me by surprise. As soon as you started talking about the, you started talking about the practice and where we're going and how we're going to get there, it's like wow, this is a very it's calming and it's quiet, but you can feel the power. Like you can feel the energy of the experience, what you're about mm. to do for yourself. It's, mm -hmm. it's quite remarkable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, the, the coolest. I mean, really it's, I, I think I even say it in the meditation uh, about say, say the, the, the feeling, the quality of calmness, mm. that this calmness it always exists. It's everywhere. It, it goes with you everywhere that you go. It's, it's, it never leaves you. And you can access that calmness. And Yogananda says that calmness is invincibility, that you can stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds. Mm. And he's talking about that inner that inner refuge of calmness, that space that exists for you, that is your home. Yeah. So in the meditation, we get used to practice, like we work out that muscle. Um, the more often that you visit that calm space, then you realize you could be having a conversation with somebody who is very aggressive with you, being very aggressive with you. And you mm -hmm. can just go back into that calm space in your mind and you know, very presently listening to what they're saying. And, and maybe in that moment, you're listening to like what they're actually feeling and going, mm, you know what, you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I made you feel that way. I'm sorry. Mm. You know, rather than what would happen normally is we would get defensive and we would make a counter argument. Now we're all agitated. And because what we're really wanting to do is dissolve our ego. So if somebody is, is criticizing us, that's actually yeah. really great, but that's hard to listen to. That's so true. So, yeah. But that, that is our home. That's we, it exists. We that. can always be there. Yeah. I think that to me, it's like, it's like a treasure chest, you know, people, you know, you think of the idea of like me going out, me going into my backyard and digging a hole and all of a sudden hitting something. And you dig it up, you pull it out and there's a chest in there and you find a way to crack the lock and you open it. And there's this like ancient treasure with like gold and diamonds that could change your life. And, you know, there isn't a you know, person on the planet that wouldn't feel the excitement around that, but that's what we have access to. That's mm. what I realized through this the quick meditation was like, this is, if this could be, if this is something that I really learned how to access and, and, you know, if you, if you liken it to you know, gold or diamonds or treasure, 
you know, it only has value if you can learn how to spend that. Same thing here. If this is a treasure box, what's inside, if you can learn how to spend that, it, you know, and in, in, in your relationships with others, your wife, your children, personally, when you're mm. exercising, if you can access that and then take that treasure out and use it to spend in those moments, you could live a very wealthy life, a very rich mm. life. Uh, so that, that was one thing that really hit home for me, but there's a great interview with Bob Marley and someone says to him, I'll put the video up in our discord and someone asks him, you know, are you rich? Are you rich? And he says, uh, so Bob's, Bob's answer is, what do, you, what do you mean rich? And he says, so the person says, well, you know, do you, do you have like lots of possessions? Do you have many possessions? He says, possessions make you rich. And he says, if that's what rich is, and I don't, I'm not a rich man. I don't have lots of possessions. That's not my richness. Mm. And it was beautiful. He's like, but you know, love, love is my rich. Love is my wealth. That's mm. it. My friends, my mm. family, my love, that's my wealth, not possessions. And the, you know, so I think, you know, that's what really resonated with me and it made me want to go deeper into the space. So, man. Um, yeah. That's, I'm so glad that yeah, you shared that with me and we're able to connect there uh, with that. And because that's, that's what I just, I love, I love just showing people that, that this is something that you already have. It's already there and we've just um, forgotten how to access it. And perhaps if you're interested at all in meditation right now in this lifetime, you're probably picking and back up on, on a meditation practice you've been doing for many, many lifetimes. Mm -hmm. You've just, uh, you've, you've gotten a lot of new um, experiences in this life journey. And now you're, it's time for you to find your meditation practice again and, yeah. and use it in with, you know, the, 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 the career that you have, the family that you have, the friends that you made, and then you tune back into that meditation practice again. So don't always think that you're actually starting at the ground level. You uh, that's a really good probably point. not. Wow. That's <laughs> you're a probably really good not. point. Yeah. And sometimes it, what'll happen with meditation, like with you in this one, is there's a lot of beginner's luck involved. You know, like if you just show up and you you want to learn how to shoot or something like that, and you're just excited about it. And a lot of times you'll hit a bullseye right away. And um, it's just because you're coming in with, with, without a lot of, um, you know, like seriousness and you're just like, I'm going to try this out. And, you, yeah. and also, I think you're gifted with like it wants to show you like this is real. This mm -hmm. is real. And it gives you a taste of that. And then you, you keep coming back for it. You're yeah. Like, wow. I want to pick up where I left off with that yeah. last one, you know? And, and you, I feel like sometimes, you know, there's like this, you know, uh, how do I put this? There's like a perception where when, if, if you talk about it, the way that I just maybe spoke about it, some, it could come across crazy to some people. Like when I'm like, Oh, it's like a treasure chest that you can access. That's never ending. There's a bottomless pit of this treasure. It's like, <laughs> what is this guy on? Or what is right. he talking about? But I probably would feel like that too, if I was that far removed from, from the, from the process or the practice, the closer you get to it, the more real that is. And you realize that there's just as much reality in that or more than what you're, what, you know, what we feel we, what we dig after in the material world is, is very limited. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a bottom to every chest, you know, you, once you take it out and you spend it 
that's it. You have to fill it with something else. You better hope you can fill it with something else or find another chest that's full of something, but mm -hmm. it's all, it's all finite. This is an opportunity to hit the infinite. And because we don't get a chance, we don't talk about it that often, or we don't get a chance to experience that offer. And it takes work. It's not instant dopamine. You actually have to put in some work to get it. It can, you know, we sometimes convince ourselves, well, that's crazy or that's impossible. Um, but it's not. And uh, that, that was a huge eye opener for me and I'm just getting started. So like you said, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we've experienced this in other, in our other lives and, you know, we get a chance to touch it and you realize, yeah. wow, why is this so familiar? we're here to remind each other, you know, like if you, if you and I, you know, we, we, we met through this project, but mm. like uh, our souls have hung out no doubt 100%. in many lifetimes. Yeah. And a lot of your friends, like you, people listening to this, uh, people that, you know, like you have been on this journey with them. Like, it's probably staggering how many lifetimes you spend together. Yeah. You know, somebody that you meet that you immediately don't like, you probably have some past history with them. <laughs> That's a good some... point. That's a really <laughs> good point. You to work it out. You should work it out. You, yeah. should, you really should work it out. Um, I think there's a movie <laughs> script in this, Chris. Like I love like just even the whole concept. Like this, we could take this in so different, so many different directions. But I feel like if there isn't a movie about, uh, do you know of a movie about that where it touches on something like this? I mean, it's so funny. Is like, yeah, I think there's got to be, but I can't think of any. Right now, you know, it, it, something specifically to the project in that in that vein that has been really coming through for me this week is say, you know, this image of Hanuman, this this in this in image of Hanuman that we're putting out there and the people who see it and are attracted to it. That's a very interesting thing. Hmm. If you see that image and you're like something about that is really captivating me. And I want to know more because mm. that's what it did to me 18 years ago when I saw it in the temple in Thailand, it captivated my mind. And I was thinking about that, you know, think about like some of these images that you see that you immediately um, are drawn to, like why? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's happening with these, these deities, like say any, any images of gods, like, and actually that's, if you think about Hollywood movies right now, like these, these stories about gods and the Marvel characters are all mm. versions of gods. I had this come through. I'm not saying this is fact or whatever, but I feel that these images of gods or these stories of gods perhaps have been around for an infinite, inf for infinity. They're, they're, they're always around. And that when we, um, when are in a lifetime, if we start, um, we see these like see, almost like dream symbols. We see this symbol, mm -hmm. and we're drawn to it. And and that's what happened for me. I saw this image of Hanuman. I was so far from wanting to meditate, wanting to get in, but it, it just I saw that image and it sparked something in me. It wasn't even maybe like I don't know how many years, like seven years or so before I like really even it was after mushrooms and all huh. these things that I actually ever wanted to explore meditation and finding out what Hanuman was all about. Interesting. And it just kept coming. So to me, I was like, ah, like I'm remembering that from my past lifetime. And, you know, even say if this is all us, like maybe I left that image there for myself so that when I come back again, I would see that and I would remember. And yeah. Yeah, That's all of cool. these deities work that way. That's yeah. really cool. There's a there's a movie Denzel Washington called Deja Vu, where they find out how to bend the time space continuum, and he he's able to to go back three days because that's the way the technology works. You can only go back, I think, three days. And there's a scene where um, 
you know, they Denzel figures out, okay, I can go back three days and I can prevent this catastrophic crime from happening and save this girl's life. And there's this one scene where he, where he goes back or he sees, um, on, he sees on a refrigerator, it says, you can save her with letters. Like, I guess, you know, those children's letters, that, those magnet letters that you can put on the fridge, but he sees this, 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 um, phrase, you can save her written on the refrigerator. And when he reads it, he realizes it's not the first time he was there. So he's done this before. He's done this before and maybe countless times until he can save this girl. And he was writing these little notes to himself because every time mm -hmm. he knows he's going to come back until he gets it right. So he sees it. You can save her. And mm. it's like, wow. So yeah, I've, I've yeah, been here before. Goosebumps thinking about that because yeah. I think there's so many times that's happening. And when we slow down in meditation, we gain awareness. We start mm -hmm. to develop this awareness. And with that awareness, we start to notice synchronicities start to realize like everything's connected we start yeah. to realize like why am i attracted to that why am i attracted to this person why am and then you get to sort of follow these clues that can lead you back to picking up where you left off because yeah. if you're listening to i'm just, i don't want to i want to keep stressing this like if, if you found this podcast if you found seekers of the eternal if you're interested in this in any way you're you're coming back to pick up something where you left off. This yeah. isn't new to you. This is, there's a slim chance that it's new to you. Right. Um, you're finding something that you, you, that you've been trying to get your find your, your higher self has been pushing and creating situations in your life to help you find your way back onto the path again. Yeah. I love that perspective, Chris. I think how, if, 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 I'm really sad that you said that to me now and not 10 years ago. I'm, I'm sad that it took this long <laughs> to meet you and to feel like that. Uh, but I think things happen in the right time and in the right space, as you also have said before. And um, yeah, I think that you got, there have two choices. You can either believe it or not. You can say, no, that's just all <laughs> bullshit. I'm just not going to do that. Or, you know, think of it just, just by embracing that. Like maybe I am, maybe I was called here for some reason. You know, am I going to continue to ignore it? Do I have to wait another lifetime to get back here to mm -hmm. find this out? Or can I do it now and spend the rest of my life figuring out, you know, the beauty and the treasures that lie beneath this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're here listening to this, we're your soul friends. And we're saying like, let's come back together. Yeah. Let's join the party. Let's, let's pick up where we left off. Like um, this, this image of Hanuman is, is a, a reminder. It's that little dream symbol that you're showing up in your life again. And it's drawing you back to um, just connecting with your higher self. Don't think about, there's no, there's no religion here. There's no um, dogma. There's no, none of that. It's, it's just about connecting with what you talked about is that, that infinite calm space that you've always had all along. Yeah. And then when you stop to realize it and practice, I'm getting into that vibration again. Yeah. You, it's, it makes life so interesting. I think, um, you know, uh, we want to keep this one short today. So I, I wanted to just, I think maybe ending with, with um, just some thoughts on this, because the, the thing that's been coming through to me this week really strongly is Yogananda talks about, and a lot of teachers talk about that life is a dream. And I'd heard that so many times before. And one of the things that got me onto the spiritual path was actually um, I started with an interest in lucid dreaming, learning, um, trying to trying to see if it is true that you can awaken inside your dreams and mm. experience your dream consciously and 
be the master of your dream where your imagination is immediately creating your rea reality. And I, um, after a hip surgery, I had eight, eight weeks of not having to do anything and uh, got to take naps every day. I didn't watch any TV. I just practiced lucid dreaming and, wow. and reading books about different things I was interested in. And uh, yeah, you can do it. You can wake up in your dreams. And it was the most exciting, wonderful thing that I'd ever experienced in my life. I was just going around telling everybody. I was just so like, how come we don't know? How do, Why don't they teach us this? Like you can, you can do anything you want. You, don't, you can go on any vacation that you want. You can, you can wow. go like I, surfing every day you want and, and make, you know, like it was, it was really great. You can fly, you can do all of these things. It's, it's amazing. And that feeling that I would get, you know, when I was practicing that, like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. And, and as I'm practicing this, that uh, feeling that you get when you be, when you consciously are doing it, like you catch yourself and you, you know, I had different methods. One of them that's very simple to talk about is like during the day, you just practice counting your fingers, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. And whenever you think about it, whenever you're bored, one, two, three, four, five. And then if you keep doing that over and over, you catch yourself in the dream. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, I'm dreaming. Wow. Um, you start and it and and at first when you do it, you start to see like more fingers, you know, you start to see more fingers. And the idea is that you have to keep yourself calm because you'll wake up. If you get right. super excited about it, your body that's sleeping is gonna wake up and you're gonna pop out of the dream and you'll be back into your body again. Um, and so Yogananda says that in this life, we are also dreaming that actually, we, that actually we are, uh, our true existence is in the astral. It is that we don't have a body. Hmm. So I wanted to read something. This, this really clicked with me this week. This is, this is a writing. This is from a great book called the essence of self-realization. This is a uh, wisdom of Yogananda. Hmm. This is uh, Swami Kriyananda used to um, just uh, record all the things that he would say, uh, as many things as he could. <laughs> so he said, this is Paramahansa Yogananda to, to illustrate this idea. He says, a man is sleeping and dreams that he is a soldier. He goes into battle, fights bravely, then is fatally wounded. Sadly, he dreams of his approaching death perhaps thinking of the dear ones he must leave behind. Suddenly, he wakes up in joyful relief. He cries, ah, I am not a soldier, and I am not dying. It was only a dream. And he laughs to find himself alive and well. But what of the soldier who actually fights in this earth life and is wounded and killed? Suddenly, in the astral world, he wakes up to find that it was all just a dream that in the other world, he has no physical body, no flesh to be wounded, no bones to be broken. Don't you see? All the experiences of this world are like that. They are nothing but dream experiences. Mm. And that like just clicked so hard. And, and uh, for me, and, and I, I want to say too, like as I'm saying these things, I don't expect it to like immediately um resonate or but maybe maybe it it's like a curiosity goes off yeah. in your mind like a little seed gets planted and you're like oh that sounds interesting yeah 
for me, it didn't, it didn't click right away. It took a lot of um, being interested in it and keeping my mind on it, listening to um, Yogananda speak about these things over and over, meditating, listening to it again. And then it was really this week that it, that same feeling that I used to have with the lucid dreaming is starting to happen in my um, waking reality that, you know, when I would count my fingers, one, two, three, four, five, and, but that same feeling that like, wow, like, no, wait, this is the dream. This is the dream. And the awakened masters that can perform miracles and siddhis, and this is what they understand that this is the dream. And we're only, it's only because, you know, maybe it's that thing that we only use 10% of our brain, the ability that we have. Maybe when that brain is awakened to its full potential and you're fully present and you're functioning on all cylinders that you can, this, 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 there is no physical matter here. This is all vibrating energy and light rays. And that's why they can do these, perform these miracles. There's mm. stories of Neem Karoli Baba, who they say, we're going to talk about him a lot with this project because he, they say he was, a, he was an incarnation of Hanuman here that was you know, here on this earth recently. Mm. There's so many miracle stories of him where, and, and also of Yogananda. You know, like there was one I just heard yes, yesterday about Neem Karoli Baba somebody was talking to him, you know, trying to test him or whatever. And sometimes they'll indulge. And he's like, okay. Um, uh, he went and sat at the bottom of a lake for, uh, they didn't even, they, they just thought he was dead. It was like, I don't know how long he was down at the bottom of the lake, maybe days and never came out, you know? And then, you know, and then when he came out, they were all shocked and amazed. Like, how did you do? He's like, I, I told you, this is, this is how I'm doing. This is not, everyone can do this. This isn't a wow. secret. And Yogananda would do these things all the time, just to, an autobiography of a yogi. He, there's so many times in there where he's just demonstrating this life is a dream. You can do these things as well. And here's how you do it. You know? So, wow. There's a, there's a link I'm going to send it to you as well as a recent podcast with Joe Rogan, where he brought on uh, someone who does data um, analysis for people who have psychedelic experiences. And when they're in that dream state, what's happening in the brain and there is no difference between the dream state and real, like the activation level is the same. And so what he said was, even if you say it's a psychedelic experience or a dream, it's as real in your brain as, as this. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't, there, if it's the same experience, meaning to your brain, then it doesn't calling this the real world and that the dream state is irrelevant if the experience mm-hmm. is the same. And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Especially like today's mind where like there's information, well, information everywhere. Um, people are like, is it, you know, does it proven? Is it data-driven? Like this is a, a data scientist that actually came out and said this. And um, I'll send you the link, Chris, because it just speaks to exactly what you just spoke about. Yeah, it's pretty Yeah, incredible. our science is proving these things more and more. It's never disproving that's the thing it's never disproving and that's and that's the way these these spirits like uh, in buddhism and all and and all these kind of things if science does disprove something 
then okay then then that's obviously was is not is not the, the right teaching then you know because all of these things need to be in harmony with with uh, the natural the natural laws and any of these miracles that are quote miracles they're not actually they're not outside of the natural laws they're actually you know, uh, just showing us how the natural universe really works it's not some special miracle so it's just we've forgotten how to access these things and meditation teaches us how to do that. All right. So Chris, just I would love to just for the end of the discussion on meditation, um, you, you touched on something earlier that I think is really important. So calmness differs from peace. And you said, you know, calmness is dynamic and there's an invincibility about it. So can we, you know, let's just focus our energy on that because that was a aha moment for me where calmness differs from peace. And when you said you could be, or everything could be falling down around you, but you can still be calm in like the, the eye and the eye in the tornado almost where that calmness exists. Uh, and it reminded me when you said it of some of like the greatest, you know, Mahatma Gandhi and, and um, Martin Luther King Jr. When it's completely chaos around them and, 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 you know, People are getting killed senselessly and, you know, there is oppression and this incredible amount of violence, yet they find a way to remain calm and not lose their, their, but to be the calm voice of reason, which everyone turns to in a state of chaos, who can make sense of this? And those men did it. And it's the way that you described. So if you don't mind maybe touching on that and then maybe sharing some of your final thoughts. Yeah, it's such a blessing to even have a moment of realization of that. And this practice will give you those moments mm. of touching it at least for a quick moment. And that's really all it takes to for you to recognize the truth of it. And when you recognize that, the, the comfort that comes in your life, knowing that that's a possibility for you, it really like like what yogananda says is that you know it's invincibility that this you can stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds and there's been so many people examples of heroic people that have been like you're saying that can remain calm in this world that is very chaotic and very unpeaceful and so in this meditation you know, we were talking a little bit about those peaceful moments, like um, you were talking to um, um, relate that story about, um, you know, being, you know, it's like out in nature and going from this, like the hot and the cold. Yeah. So, you know, there's a moment where, you know, at the end of the meditation where we, it's, it's, it becomes a very visual experience where we come out of it slowly and we approach, you know, we approach this, this, um, um, this emergence from the depths like a child where our pores are open and we start to absorb all that's around us. And, and you ask us to be aware of the light and allow the light in and to be filled with it. And in that moment, you know, I, I we have some family cottages um, that we love to go to with my, my wife's family and um, they have saunas right on the cottage. And so what we do is we get to crank the saunas up to about a hundred degrees or more. And um and you can only take that temperature for so long, but you allow your, your body to, you know, feel the pressure and the stress that comes with it. Cause you're putting your body through it's, it's, it's an in, intense experience. And then as you come out of it, the 
what you do is you you run down to the dock and then you submerge or so you jump right into this really cold mm-hmm. lake and you do it midnight one o'clock two o'clock in the morning we do it at that time and at that time it is so quiet you're in the middle of the forest um you're you're now swimming in a, a lake or river everyone else is asleep in their cottages or cabins and you look up and as you look up all you see especially when you're out of the city is you know this this incredibly ta- incredibly rich tapestry of stars like you can see more stars than you can sky that's how many mm. exist so mm-hmm. imagine you're you're you've got the, the the feeling of extreme heat now to extreme cold this incredible sense of calmness and quiet and then you look up and the stars are just shining so bright mm-hmm. that's what that moment feels and my pores are open from the from the sauna so you're you're absorbing a lot and you can see the steam coming off my head but there's like this like this moment of bliss that you mm-hmm. hit and that's what that experience reminded me of mm-hmm. yeah and i wanted yeah to, to talk about that because so many people we've all hopefully we've all at least tasted something like that an experience where there was a moment where we were just taking it all in and whatever it took to get there um we realized that we can have that same experience just sitting in our basement or in our closet and having those having those outward experiences and then having that inward because that's also it's it's like an outward experience you know there are um physical factors to it but the real beauty that you're feeling there is like you're having an inward it's the 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 supreme joy of the inner bliss that that you're feeling in that moment and in in that in that meditation of you know we start with um this feeling that you're feeling feel it as a feeling of peace and that there's nobody out it's really late and this mirror lake stars above you glowing you know maybe moon or just vast universe that you mm-hmm. feel like i'm here on this ball floating in space and there's infinite space around me in all directions like you can just visit that that space of peace and feel that peace and then as you feel that then we move into feeling of calmness realizing that we can feel this calmness and just like you were saying it's like standing in the eye of a hurricane Mm. it's all around you could be all around us is going crazy but if i go outside my house right now like i'm here in florida and there's some trees around and things i mean there's birds singing the sun is out uh we can this this chaotic world that we sort of keep imagining in our mind too we can exist in this chaotic world and we can feel this inner calmness and this is that this meditation allows us to do that and to be able to tell the difference so it's not it's not necessarily dependent on everything around us going the way that we want it to go in order for us to feel calmness and have that same feeling that you went through all the trouble to make that vacation, get out there, you know, do all these things and feel it. And you're there and you got that. And so you can actually have that same feeling now every night, every morning Facts. in your meditation. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. So, so true. So that's the reason why to do it. And then also at the end of the meditation, we feel that ourselves and then we share it. You bring up your loved ones. You bring up people in your life that you know are struggling. Cause that's a lot of, for me, like I'm very empathic. Mm. My friends are struggling. Like 
I feel it hard for them. Like if, if almost like I'm going through it too. Yeah. So, um, I, I use the meditation morning and night. I always bring up all my friends that I know are going through hard times mm -hmm. and I, and I see them smiling back at me and I feel it in myself and I feel that they're feeling it too. And I'm, it's funny, man. Some friends will call me and they'll be like, I woke up smiling today. And I just thought of you for whatever reason. I just wanted to call you. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, so it really works. So do yes. that for your friends and, and actually it'll bring you a lot of peace yourself. Cause you're always like, what can I do? Like, what can, how do I help? How do I help? Yeah. And that's the way you can help really. And, and, and to add to that, oh, Chris is, um, you know, I have two young daughters and my youngest is five and Sometimes when kids are growing up, they don't have the words to express themselves. And so they express themselves through physical behavior and they take the, can take the form of yelling or screaming or tantruming or crying uncontrollably, what seems to be uncontrollable. And um, if you find a way to remain calm in the eye of the storm as a parent, mm -hmm. and I fail at this more often than I succeed, but if you can find a way to remain calm and you you realize, you know, and you're going to be late. You're going to be late to school. You're going to be late to camp. You're going to be late to wherever grocery. So you have that anxiety. If you are calm in the storm where you can set that aside and realize, so what? So what if you're late? If you can do that and you can give that gift of calmness that you feel to your child and say, I can tell you're upset. We don't have to go anywhere. We can just sit. Daddy will sit mm -hmm. beside you until you're ready. And mm -hmm. just give that gift. Imagine how calm and like how, how like uh, freeing that could be for your child. If you just remove the, the worry and concern from that, from that world that, that, that you are and take mm -hmm. the pressure off of the person that that child, we don't have to go anywhere. We can just sit here. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be all the time. And it doesn't have to, and I get sometimes you have no choice, but in those moments, you maybe want to maybe give that gift of calmness. And I can, I can assure you, they'll probably appreciate you for it in ways that they won't be able to say either. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And you're not programming them to get into that state of mind, yeah. like as an adult, you know, that's right. You're, you're teaching them that you can be calm even when it's chaotic and they're seeing that and picking that up. So yeah, yeah. that's a, yeah, that's a cool thing to learn. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so to just to wrap up our, our time here together, I was going to read one more from Yogananda. This is just to follow up the last one. I love how this, I love how this ends. Um, it's one of these big sort of like, uh, wait for it <laughs> kind of things, because it, it really puts in, you know, this whole idea that we're, that we are, that we are right now in a dream. Mm. We're not actually these bodies. That feeling that I would get when I would wake up inside my dream, the sort of like, oh, just like, like the whole thing is tingling with possibility, you know, yeah. that that exists all around us. We just, you know, we've forgotten, we've turned it off and we're sleep, we're sleepwalking. So even, you know, like when you hear like awaken, you know, these things wake up uh, in, around meditation it's not like you're going to wake up and disappear. You're not going to mm. wake up and it all is over or wake up and go somewhere else um, until you, you know, actually die and leave the body or whatever. Right. You're going to wake up and you're going to like realize how fucking amazing <laughs> this whole thing is. Yeah. Uh, and um and that's what it is is you wake up in the dream and you realize like you've been sleepwalking through this thing and you know you're actually you know the driver and so um 
So he says, this is Yogananda from, uh, <laughs> from a great book, how to awaken, how to awaken to your true potential, more wisdom of Yogananda. Okay. He says, come out of your closed chamber of limitation. Breathe in the fresh air of vital thoughts. Exhale poisonous thoughts of discouragement, discontentment, or hopelessness. Never suggest to your mind human limitations of sickness, old age, or death. But constantly remind yourself, I am the infinite that has become the body. Take long mental walks on the path of self-confidence. Exercise with instruments of judgment, introspection, and initiative. Feast unstintingly on creative thinking within yourself and others. Above all, cultivate the habit of meditation. This is the inner switch you turn on to connect yourself with the infinite. Hold on to the after effects of meditation by your intention. You will then find that you are a reservoir of power in the body, mind, and soul. By constantly holding in mind the peaceful after effects of meditation, by feeling the immortality in the body, and by feeling the ocean of God's bliss beneath the unchangeable waves of beneath the changeable waves of experiences, the soul can find perpetual rejuvenation. And this is this is the part I love. He says, You are all gods if you only knew it. You must look within. Behind the wave of your consciousness is the sea of God's presence. Claim your birthright. Awake, and you shall behold the glory of God. Om. Paramahansa Yogananda. Beautiful. And so we'll just leave you all with that one, and we'll return again. <laughs> Wonderful. Chris, thank you so much. Really appreciate always the time and the wisdom and and uh and reconnecting yeah likewise thanks for sharing your experience and practicing with that i look forward to like continuing talking about that and i think we'll, we'll talk about these things and it'll be helpful for everybody else that's practicing along with us 100 percent, absolutely all right everybody thank you so much for joining today yeah. and uh, we'll see you again soon